we have talked about on this show so many times about menopause and about HRT and we would normally bring Dr. Quiva Hartley on to have a chat, you know, and we'd take questions for her because, of course, we care and we want men to understand what women go through when they go through the menopause. Uh, because it can be quite difficult. And the reason women go through a menopause is quite simply because at that point in their life, at 46 or 47 years of age, or whatever the average age happens to be, or your age happens to be, for some women it can be younger, some can be older, your hormone levels decrease. They change. Your estrogen level drops, your testosterone level drops because you're a female and you have about 10% of what a male would have. And all of the time we think, there you go, that's something that affects women. We never, ever think about men when it comes to this. Now, I'm not suggesting men go through a menopause, but it's called an andropause, as far as I know, that men go through. And we have covered, as I said, menopause for women many times. So we decided we would do something similar because somebody mentioned it on the show last week. Why don't we talk about it? So I said, OK, we will. Men go through hormone changes in life as well. And as men age, their testosterone levels get lower. And low levels of testosterone have been linked to certain health problems, which include weakened bones, diabetes, heart disease. And there are symptoms that we can look out for. And we're going to talk about that. To tell us a little bit more about it is Dr. Emmett Byrne, who joins us. Good afternoon to you, Emmett. How are you? Um, it, it's something we don't really... We, we hear conversations constantly about menopause. And then somebody said to us one day in the air while we're talking about, do we never talk about men and the, and the same problems that they have? It is kind of similar to some degree, although we're kind of limited to just one hormone mainly, really, aren't we? Um, well, it's one that stands out more significant than all the other ones. But hormones work in an interactive basis, meaning that if you affect one, you're going to affect them all. So it's the one that people tend to identify, obviously, and men themselves, with being obviously male, because it's what impacts male characteristics and what essentially really makes this man giving, you know, obviously deep voice, growth, hair growth. The, these are the androgenic effects. And then the anabolic effects are things like your physical uh, differentials from women, such as kind of bigger muscles and things like this. So mm. uh, maybe even things like sex drive and, and you know, more uh, aggressive kind of uh, tendencies and stuff like that. Not that it's uh, an over, like just these are the characteristics that tend to be associated with being male. Okay, so we start producing mm. testosterone, I assume, at puberty, yeah. uh, which is around the age of 11 or 12 years of age. Are we producing it from the day we're born? Oh, no, from when we're born, yeah. So even before we're born, we get two main main kind of, I suppose, uh, big uh, spikes in testosterone. And the one is just before we're born, when we're born. This is for men specifically yeah. now, and it's slightly different, girls slightly different. And then... Uh, both get it at, uh, at puberty as well. It's just two main spikes, early, very early. So that's why your kind of voice breaks and you start to grow a silly Ronnie under your nose and all that, all that kind of stuff in around the age of 13, 14 and 15. Exactly. And, and then some men overproduce testosterone, hence the reason that we have dehetrotestosterone, which makes men's hair fall out as well. So they get premature baldness as well. Yeah, it's slightly different. That's, there's a, there's a, testosterone converts in the body to different things depending on, it's a you know genetic differential. You have a thing called aromatase, which converts to estrogen, but you also have uh, a pathway which converts into a thing, dihydrotestosterone, which combines to hair follicle and that makes mm. it fall out. And not everyone's prone to that, hence we get some people that obviously have male pattern baldness and others that wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. So, by the way, just on that note, the old adage that, you know, our bald men are sexier. Is is does that come? I suppose from this idea that you lose your hair if you produce loads and loads of testosterone. Um, 
Probably, to <laughs> some mean, degree. Uh, you mean you're associating with being more manly? <laughs> well, uh, isn't, isn't that what I, they I, say? I, the bald men are sexier or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that's a, uh, I've never, I, I haven't explored the social, uh, the social side of the impact. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so. The philosophical side of uh, testosterone, but it, it's quite possible, yeah. Okay, so at what point does our testosterone levels, because we know that men, you know, produce, mm-hmm. you know, compared to women, women only have about 10% of the testosterone we have. At what point in our lives does our testosterone levels, the production of testosterone, start to fade away? So it's a good question. Okay, so the differential, obviously, the clear distinction between men and women are men, women go through the menopause, which obviously is a binary cutoff of their, you know, their ovaries functioning. Uh, they get testosterone from two areas mainly. It's one is the uh, ovaries themselves, and then the adrenal glands. Whereas men, primarily, small amount of the adrenals, but mainly from the the testicles, the testes. But the thing is, is that there's no binary cutoff there, so it's it's uh, it is more of a kind of gradual de- decline over time. We call it late onset hypogonadism. Hypogonadism is simply just the inability or the suppression of t- testosterone. So we only produce it from our testicles. I I didn't know that. I thought we produced it from some other gland somewhere else as well. Oh no, the adrenals produce a small percentage of it as well. But okay, the majority but... the majority is coming from from the testes in men. It's a bit more divided with women. Yeah, there's, okay. there's other tissues that produce it as well, but it's mainly the testes in men. So that's where they're going to feel it if there's a decline there. Okay, and like, go on, yeah. So, so at what age should we start, or do we normally see the symptoms of decline? Then, when it comes to, I suppose, the the the, the lower production of testosterone or the gradual decline of it. So they say that, again, this, there is research done around this, and there's talk about 20 to 39% of men aged between 40 and 79 years of age have you know, some level of testosterone deficiency, loss of testosterone, oppression of testosterone, or whatever you want to call it. And then over 79, then that goes up to anything up to 50% plus. Now, again, these are, these are studies you know, that are, are done, you know, not probably on a on a large enough population to really verify this, but um, mm-hmm. in my own experience, it's just from people coming in talking about it and stuff. You're talking really in mid forties. You're talking probably on average in terms of age. Guys who know notice this slowing down of things, and then they relate the symptoms back to uh, testosterone deficiency and at least get it investigated. Now, if you're there's a, there's a very strong correlation with poor lifestyle and the loss of or interruption of hormones in general. Now, we know that from diabetes. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. type 2 diabetes is, uh, in a, is as much an environmental-driven uh, disease as it is a, uh, a genetic one. So, for example, what you do on a day-to-day basis will impact the uh, progression or, or, or in terms of slowing down the, the, the exposure. So things like your diet, do you smoke, all those other things as well? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah 100%. So if you're overweight... If you have type 2 diabetes, if, um, if you're sedentary, anything like this is definitely going to, uh, to have an impact on your, on your testosterone levels. And we know that, like, say, for example, resistance training and stuff like this increases, like obviously done in a sensible way, increases your testosterone levels. So you can maintain it as you get older to a certain point. Um, obviously, age, will, age is the you know, best predictor mm-hmm. of any relationship. Of course, disease, yeah. but, but it will, you know, but you don't necessarily need testosterone replacement as you get older but some guys will in some cases have a slight genetic predisposition and irrespective of what they do they'll need or they'll you know obviously mm-hmm. have symptoms of of, a, of, if, of testosterone deficiency if they uh, okay so testosterone deficiency you're, you're saying well according to one of the studies you mentioned mm-hmm. up to 30 percent between the age of 40 mm-hmm. and 74 so mm-hmm. 
how do they know? So if a guy is a little bit concerned yeah. and go, oh, well, I wonder, is that me? You know, maybe yeah. I'm feeling a bit tired lately or a bit irritable lately yeah. or I've maybe a decrease in muscle mass or whatever. So yeah. are these the kind of first symptoms or, or is erectile dysfunction a, a first symptom or what are the first symptoms that you should notice if you think your hormone levels are a bit low? Okay, so the, tr- the most common symptoms are, uh, and the, mo- the ones that tend to lead early are the, the sexual ones, which, so let, I'll just go broadly, the symptoms that you'll feel are divided between physical, psychological, and sexual, okay? So the, tends to, the ones that are most common tend to be erectile dysfunction um, and reduced libido, certainly desire for sex. They're the, that's the most common presentation, um, and, but it can fall over a combination usually is what, is what is, when guys have that, they will have certainly a loss of strength and recovery from say if they were doing training in the gym mm-hmm. they'll have a loss of muscle they'll have an increased say central adiposity meaning they'll have a little bit more uh, you know girth around the waist and then you know one that's very common I find that correlates very strongly as well as is levels of anxiety going up the ability slightly slight mood drops but um, but mm-hmm. certainly anxiety ability to cope with things gone down uh, sounds very like, like the menopause for women actually doesn't it when you when you when you look at it that point away I'm not by the way I'm not trying to liken it too much to the, otherwise I get complaints lots of complaints from my female listeners mm-hmm. saying don't you dare even try and do that uh, but it does, the symptoms are very similar I yeah. suppose yeah and fatigue is the other one like so um you know typical guy who would have been quite energized say highly productive during the day and then maybe falling asleep in the on the chair at seven o'clock in the evening or like without you know real reason for it you know okay. so so fatigue being able to push and lack things. of focus i suppose would go with that too or concentration levels and all that yeah, would go with the tiredness right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so so let's say you're 50 years of age, you're concerned, you're listening to the radio now and you're going, geez, that's me. I'm not in the mood for it anymore. I can't get an erection anymore and I'm feeling tired all the time. You know, I'm only 50. What should I be doing about it? What can you do about it? Okay, so the the thing is, if you if you have these symptoms, so people who should be screened fundamentally are people that have obviously symptoms like this. Now, the problem, I have to be very clear, there are other causes of these symptoms as well. So you have to be, you know, I would suggest you getting them checked out, but it, it'd be uh, I wise, I'd say, to get a testosterone check, okay, which is simply a blood test. So you have symptoms like what we're talking about. You go to your local GP, you talk to the GP about the symptoms. Now, they may have, they'll have to consider other things. But getting it, it's a simple blood test to get a total testosterone blood level check, okay? Okay. And then that will give you a, a certain number. And then you, the GP then will be guided by this number. And are these body. tests similar to the one, I'm sorry for interrupting you, Emmett, but no. when women have the test, say, for menopause, they say sometimes yeah. these tests are not very accurate because we were talking to Creeper Hartley about this a while ago, yeah. who specialises. Yeah. She said because it depends on the time of the day when the blood test is taken. Yeah. It depends on the time of the month. It depends on well, women, obviously, the time of the month. But certainly, you know, different times during the day, our levels go up and down, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as fluctuant as women, um, but it is fluctuant. And generally what we do is we take a fasted sample between, say, any time in the morning up to about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, and we do it twice just to be certain. Now, um, it's a little bit more complicated than just taking a total testosterone. So say you have some of the symptoms, you take a, you take a level and uh, we work off certain, like kind of obviously, you know, below certain thresholds. So if you're below a certain level, we have to calculate, extrapolate the free testosterone, which is the active hormone in the blood, from the total, which there's a hormone, there's a, sorry, a protein in the blood called sex hormone binding globulin, which goes up as we get older. That binds onto testosterone and makes it useless, makes it inert. So we have to calculate that as well so we can look at the free testosterone, and that's what correlates with symptoms. That's below a certain level. 
then we'll look at lifestyle. We'll look at all the other things that will affect testosterone levels. Obviously, we want to straighten those out. And then if they're all done and the levels aren't going up, then we're likely to treat them. That's the way we will okay. do it. So, now, so, so you're going yeah. to treat somebody, let's say, and, and you figure they're below the marker that they should be. Mm. And, you know, you've looked at everything. They lead a reasonably healthy lifestyle, as much as can be expected mm. at 50 years of age. So then what is the treatment? So the treatment is very straightforward. Like we just two licensed products. In Ireland. Now, we have to be obviously, I mean, the benefit obviously of coming to a doctor with all this uh, is that you get monitored as well. We need to be very safe around this. So, we assess for anything that might be, say, a contraindication for testosterone, which can be a raised PSA level. This is the sort of thing that would be um, commonly understood by GPs, but like any risk of it, testosterone is, is kind of. It's like the HRT for women in that there's a big fear around, you know, obviously, breast cancer and the mitral cancer of women for HRT. But with men, it's about prostate cancer. And it's, the, it's an exaggerated uh, – testosterone does not drive directly drive uh, prostate disease, but you still need to be careful around it. So Yeah, and, and the same yeah. goes – I want to make that abundantly yeah. clear when it comes to HRT – that the risk is minute. That's uh, minute. But but also people always always need to be aware of it. And I'm assuming what you're saying to me is, if somebody was predisposed to prostate cancer, uh, you know, yeah. taking a lot of testosterone wouldn't well, help. Well, we we don't we don't expose them to it just in case. And there's a few pathways we can do. And now there is research going around where there's specialist specialists, particularly in the US, that are researching around um, prostate cancer and the exposure to testosterone. As in taking testosterone, and they're getting some very promising results. But again, it's in it's this is all in the pipeline, so it's not finalized in relation to um you know from from the point of view of practice so we have to just wait and see what happens there so we're very careful around that but cardiovascular disease is another area where we have to be watching things uh, things that we have to be careful we watch certain like the thickness of the blood we'll watch the psa levels we'll make sure the contraindications from the point of view of for men it's generally obstructive sleep apnea cardiac uh, heart heart failure which is the inability the heart to pump correctly okay so we assess for this um, one big one is that if you take testosterone over an extended period of time, it's going to affect your sperm count. And that's very, very important for people who want to have families. And, you know, obviously, if their families aren't complete, we have to obviously take that into consideration as well. But, but I would imagine the majority of patients who would be taking a supplement or a hormone uh, supplement mm. like testosterone would be <laughs> over the age probably of having families, probably at that point, would they? More often, more often not. Yeah. More often. Okay. Not. So, so the, just, these, uh, I'm assuming these are gels similar to women, uh, yeah. the ones they give to women. Well, the one they give to women is actually for men anyway. So I'm assuming it's, yeah. a, it's a gel and there's also, is there tablet form as well they can take? Yeah. This, no, the tablet form really is, is discontinued really, you know, it's not uh, it's not used that much. See, the reason is originally the tablet form was useless and then they, they modified the tablet form to become useful, but it was quite toxic to the liver. So they changed that. Now there is a new one in the States that's come out that is uh, has been uh, licensed, but it's not here yet. So the two main forms here are uh, transdermal gel, which is the same as the women. So you just you rub it onto the shoulders. You've got to be careful across trans- transfer there. Okay, that means that you know if it's on your hands and you're 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 touching like pregnant women or children for that matter, you can transfer it across. So there has to be a discussion around that. But generally speaking, it's um it's it's that's one form, and that uh, is a short acting form of testosterone meaning that you take it every day okay and then 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 there's a longer acting one which is the other licensed product which is an intramuscular injection which is once every 10 to 14 weeks 
and that just basically means that it's a very slow acting you know you go in it, it goes into the system and it, it its half-life is longer meaning that it'll have an effect on this a therapeutic effect on the body for an extended period of time and then you just basically get another one every 10 to 14 weeks depending and um, and, the, and the success rate when you're getting say a supplement of testosterone like that or additional testosterone does that normally remedy the problem then and, and people find that they've had a new lease of life absolutely yeah, yeah. i've seen it yeah, yeah, it isn't like I mean, in most cases, I, I've seen it where it it doesn't, but it's extremely rare. Most of the time, it's night and it's night and day, night and day. So, in so, other words, these guys are, that that have has seen yeah. this kind of feeling tired and irritable and yeah. erection problems and lack of sexual desire, yeah, yeah. suddenly all of a yeah. sudden their life is back to where it should be. It is, yeah, absolutely, it is mm. back to where it should be. And, 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 and so, why is it we don't? Why do we not talk about it, Emmett? I mean, this is the first conversation I've had in twelve years on the radio about you know, a kind of mm. uh, they, they call it andropause, I think, for men as well, mm. similar to men, menopause. Yeah. But why do we not have the conversation? Is it because lads don't talk about stuff like this? Yeah, I think I, I think it's becoming more common. I just know because of Charles and me and people, you know, obviously the interest in it. Generally, it's it's popular culture that's driving it. Like people like Joe Rogan and you know, guys. These are people who now, you know, we live in a smaller world now, and the people are on the the on on the podcasts and they're 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 they're. they're they're, I suppose you say, cherry picking what they want to see, and then they're looking. They might have symptoms of this. They might look it up. Then, of course, they get sidelined down an avenue where they're looking at podcasts and they're listening to guys talking about it who've been on the treatment and stuff like this. Now, it is stigmatized through, you know, obviously the bodybuilding community and you know other things like this might have created a, uh, a, a, a stigma around it in a sense. Um, not that I'm being judgmental against bodybuilding, but stuff like that. But we know that it is uh, used for aesthetic purposes, testosterone in terms of building muscle mm. and stuff, which can be can have negative effects as well. So it's um, somebody texts it, text in says, uh, somebody texts in says, I've got too much testosterone. Can I get some taken away? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. So the, the reverse. But it's the other thing I'd say is that um, there is a fear around it from in the medical community because not because it's warranted essentially but because there's not a specific training pathway in relation to this type of medicine mm. so it's quite i suppose um you know it goes flies under the radar and then when people don't understand it or haven't been taught around it or its effects or are looking for the deficiency then it can be just a little bit misunderstood and uh, not um okay not uh, yeah exactly not okay not, somebody else wants to know is the natural supplements that you can get in your normal health food shops that can inc- encourage the production of testosterone yeah, there are. I mean, there's, there's like, there's there's ones that like there's ones that increase the adrenal to the thing called DHEA, the dehydroapiandrosterone, which is uh, it, it it stimulates the the uh, it's on the like when you're when you're producing hormones, all hormones start with cholesterol, broken down into a thing called pregnenolone, and then there's a big pathway where it divides up into different ways. They need certain precursors to testosterone to make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't have any fat or cholesterol in your gut, you're not going to be able to make it. That's a starting point. Um, but the uh, the but I mean there are other ones along the way. If you're short on DHEA from the adrenals, then you can't make it. So sometimes you can take that. There's a thing called tribulus terrestris, and there's there are other ones that you know they're they're in relation to late onset hypogonadism though as in you know with slightly older guys it's not going to work okay. and make a significant is, is it interesting text here that i've just seen um, and I don't know if this person is just taking the wee or, or genuine, but it does seem genuine enough. Uh, I read online now that using testosterone directly onto the penis can encourage growth. Uh, I sadly have what they call a micro penis, and it has embarrassed me for years. Can you ask the doctor if it would actually help? Is that actually no. a thing? 
No, it's not. I'm not okay. sure if it was. Everyone would be doing it. I said, thanks to the penis. What you can do, I will say this in all seriousness, though, you, if, if the, the penis, and this is slightly, in, you know, not, not on point, but for men in general, if you don't have morning erections, is affected by testosterone deficiency. There's not enough oxygen getting to the tissues of the penis, and it can damage and fibrose the the actual, um, what we'd say the the working cells of the penis, which means that you can actually sh- shorten the penis because you're you're losing tissue there. Okay, so if you're not getting the morning erections, irrespective of whether it's testosterone or not, you can affect the penile length and the penile uh, okay. uh, ability get erect so it is important from that perspective but rubbing testosterone directly onto it won't make uh, uh, like in terms of you know length and all that won't, it won't increase it let's put it that way um, somebody wants to know um, they say something about something about <laughs> orange juice apple juice fresh orange juice I'm assuming they're telling us this is good for your testosterone I don't know whether it is or not um, and somebody else says uh, now can you buy testosterone over the counter I'm assuming you can't Emmett I no, assume no. it's a controlled substance I imagine I imagine, by the way, there, there are side effects. I know the side effects for women take testosterone during uh, menopause can be growing facial hair and a deepening voice. That's not something that would generally concern a man. But are there, are there other dangerous side effects to taking testosterone? For uh, men, for men, I'm talking no, about. No, no short, like, I mean, okay. So you, super physiological levels of testosterone, i.e. bodybuilding levels, have side effects, no question about that. They're not, there's very few, like, it's, it, there's, there's, I haven't heard of anyone dropping in a serious sense, like having a serious event from taking testosterone in the short term. It's not, it's, uh, and there's no evidence to support any of that. Exposure to high levels, as in levels that are above what's normal for a male, can have an, can have an effect on your cholesterol levels, can have an effect on your blood pressure, and can have an effect on your certain other parts of the body that can actually leave you more predisposed to things like vascular and heart disease down the line. We're talking like, you know, decade plus after. So if you're exposed to it over high levels over an extended period of time. But the reverse holds true. If you're very low in testosterone, below the level, your risk for vascular disease goes up as well. So having testosterone in the sweet spot is important. Now, side effects, dangerous sudden onset side effects, nil, okay? Mm. Side effects from it, though, do exist. You get testicular shrinkage, okay? So you're test- you, you don't produce your own internal uh, precursor to testosterone. The testosterone works off a feedback loop in, this, in the brain, okay? So it starts with the brain, a signal goes from a part of the brain called the hypothalamus. It releases a chemical called GnRH, a gonadotropin releasing hormone that triggers a gland called the pituitary, which in turn releases two chemicals, luteinizing hormone and follicular stimulating hormone. Luteinizing hormone goes down to cells in the testes and these things called latex cells and produces the testosterone. But testosterone levels rise and then it switches off the signal in the brain so you don't have too much. And then when the levels drop, then the signal kicks in again. And that's your feedback loop. When you're taking it from the outside, you're injecting it or you're Absolutely. taking it. I tell you, isn't the human body such an amazing thing? Actually, We couldn't build a computer as clever as this, by the way. Uh, another person says, what about people uh, taking the test um, they get from their gym buddies? Okay, well, I wouldn't advise you take anything given to you by your gym buddies, so no. because I'm assuming these are illegal products, which are probably still on the market, illegal products where people are taking oh, yeah. anabolic steroids. All that, yeah. So that's your super physiological, generally speaking, although there are, it's getting more common now that the testosterone replacement therapy, which is within what we you know, prescribe and stuff like that, is becoming accessible online and stuff in, in what we'd call technically in the legal sense. So um, the, the problem there is monitoring, and then the other thing is the quality of the product. So when you're getting pharmaceutical grades you know it's it's been it's properly licensed it's 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 regulated there's all those things around it then you know you're you're putting yourself when you take any medication it is always going to be consequences to taking anything okything okay? so course. you've got to reduce you've got to reduce your exposure to the risk 
Right. Well, the benefits must outweigh the risk, otherwise it just isn't worth The benefits taking. do outweigh a lot of the time, but there's short-term gain, long-term pain as well. We need to, if you're going down this road, particularly, I'm not talking about bodybuilding sense, I'm talking about from... And, and, a, a yeah, sorry, in relation to that then, yeah, so if you're on uh, Testogel, which I'm assuming is what we're talking about here, and you're taking that on a daily basis as a man, is mm-hmm. that when you say short-term... Can they continue, do they have to continue to take it for the rest of their lives or is that the case or do they only take it for a kind of six month period or how does that work? Okay, so if man, may, may, a man is genuinely hypogonadal, meaning he's below testosterone levels and you've done everything you can from a lifestyle perspective, you've looked at potential uh, things like medication interactions and stuff that might lower testosterone and you've dealt with all those issues and they still need testosterone, it, to relieve the symptoms and reduce exposure to things like long-term cardiovascular disease and all the other things you mentioned, it is best to go on the testosterone. Like you make that decision, it's a patient-doctor decision, and then you go on it, it's on it for life. Now, if you come on office the consequences are not like tragic you know you just go back to where you were you go back to where you were exactly yeah. but your risk goes back to where it was as well so it's a decision but so generally when you go on it it's it's a, it, you know it's an acknowledgement that you're going to go on this for like a long time okay it's not somebody wants to know is it expensive or is it available on the medical card I, is it i don't know yeah. is it expensive it's yeah, well, it's available. It's on the drug payment scheme. So if you're honest, you're going to pay any, anything up to 80 euros for it. So you're, you can you can apply for it on that basis. Right. If, uh, is that 80, 80 euros a shot? Like, how long does that last? It is. So the the shot will last, you know, 10 weeks minimum, at least. So okay. you're talking eight, at most 80, yeah, 80 euros. Okay. Every 10 weeks. It's expensive it's enough. <laughs> it can be, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. And you're looking at like the, the idea of coming to like you need to be monitored as well. We monitor three, six, and twelve monthly initially, anyway. So, and obviously, when you're getting bloods done, and you're you're going to be unless you're on a medical card, be paying for that as well. So it can be expensive, but generally speaking, when people are you know hypogonadal, they feel so. Just each day is such a drag that when they go on it, they just feel so good. It's generally, as I say, the benefits well, well outweigh the negatives. Really do. One final text. Somebody wants to know how can I tell the difference between my husband, who may be low on testosterone, or just a lazy lump. I know you don't even have to answer that one. To be honest with you, well, the, the way I can answer that is uh, without being there. Is that um, is if there's a sudden change, relatively. Now I don't mean a sudden change in like. So if you had a guy who was working and he was he was you know he had a certain lifestyle and he was you know on top of things for years and years and years and then over the last two to three years this 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 has changed and in a rel- relatively so look at the previous baseline. And then if it's if it's way off that base, yeah, you fall asleep in the afternoon and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. But yeah. also, but from a laziness, like from an energy point of view, it, like if someone was very industrious between you know up to the age of forty and then at forty-five they can't get out of their own way, then you have to look at what their baseline was and go, well, there could be something really going on here. Versus somebody who hasn't been very proactive all their life and then just doesn't change, just slows down. You know, so that's the difference. You know? Okay, so there's one here. Uh, I could take a read out all these questions, aren't I? Can you ask the doctor? I have t- type two diabetes and high blood pressure because of it will taking testosterone help i don't very good this is where i'm really interested okay so when you've got comorbidities such as metabolic like that's the metabolic disorder type 2 diabetes you're far more likely to have deficient to be deficient in testosterone or obesity anything like this people who are people who i screen and i go after like really hard are people who have obviously a collection of the symptoms and 
you know, presented with it. But also anyone with type 2 diabetes, anyone with waistline over 102 centimeters, any like in terms of weight or anyone mm-hmm. with like vascular disease, any any comorbidity that they've been diagnosed with, you should have your testosterone uh, checked, definitely. Okay. Because um, so, so the answer to the question is, yes, it may help. Yeah. I, indeed. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And there's, there's, there, was, there was research done in Australia which I won't go into the absolute detail, but they've shown that their, the risk of diabetes goes up with low testosterone as well as things like osteoporosis, anemia, and other things you mentioned. But the problem is that if you're, uh, the, the, when you, sorry, the effect of when you take testosterone has been shown to have the same effect as the leading medication we use for diabetes, uh, metformin, which is the kind of one of the first-line medications we use. It has the same effect on glucose metabolism in terms of improving mm-hmm. your diabetes. So it's very... It's very, you know, it's okay. potent in terms of okay. reversing it. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, Emmett, it's been a really interesting conversation. I'm sure many people who haven't heard a conversation around that before are quite interested, in, particularly men. Uh, maybe wives, by the way, for their husbands. You can send them along now. And uh, somebody, yeah. by the way, finally, somebody just wants to know, how can I get an appointment with Emmett? He seems to know his stuff. Because the problem is, the same with women, going to your standard GP when you have menopause sometimes isn't good enough. You have to go to one who specialises in menopause. Yeah. You, yeah. I know you specialise and you specialise in men's health. I think your place is out in Bray somewhere, isn't it, County right, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so can, do you have a, are you on a website or something that people yeah, can contact testosterone. you? Testosterone.ie. Okay, go get it. Testosterone.ie. All right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you very much indeed, <laughs> Emmett, and I really appreciate yeah. you coming on the air. Thanks very much. No problem at all. Thanks. Lots of questions answered there. I have to say for lots of men listening, testosterone.ie, if you want to go online and have a look as well there. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping your questions.